You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, everybody, let's do this. It's the Wednesday Hub Day edition of the Gary Harris Show for November 8, 2023. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I got my main man, Justin Jones, right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Of course, uh, Noah Haynes is uh, in the building as well, and we're ready to go for the next couple of hours talking sports and more here on the Big Tide 100.9 FM. Got a great lineup that we're going to tell you about here in just a second and uh, give you a feel for what we're going to be talking about this morning. But first, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It really is just a better way of banking. I can attest to that. And I can attest to the professionalism and the financial integrity of Alabama Credit Union. You're not just a customer. You have an opportunity to become a member. And I promise you, that is a better opportunity than just being a customer at a bank. Find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. All right, here is the rundown for today. At uh, 930, it's Matt Coulter on NASCAR. As we wrapped up the NASCAR season, and Matt and I will... uh, Go over it. Interesting race at Phoenix. Ryan Blaney wins the championship for Penske. His first. He finished second in the race. He didn't win the race. I picked him to win the race, which had he done that, would have allowed me to tie Matt at 4-4 with the picks. But uh, I also picked him to win the championship, so I'm going to brag about that. But uh, interesting that he didn't win the race. So went to this new format. He is the first NASCAR champion to not win the race, but... uh, it was an interesting race. We'll break it down. I'll say that. And we'll break down the NASCAR season and uh, look ahead to 2024 as well. That's going to be 930. At 10 o'clock, Barbie Perry, uh, Bama against bullying is going to be on. We had her on last year. It's a, it's a really a neat uh, event that's coming up. And uh, not sports necessarily, although there'll be some sports people there. But, you know, I say that um, I'm sports and more. And, and Bama against bullying is going to have the uh, annual fashion show fundraiser coming up on sunday and uh, it's a big 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 event we're going to discuss that at 10 o'clock then at 10 30 of course high school football and the ahsaa begins the state playoffs tomorrow night and friday night and the head coach of the hillcrest patriots 10 and 0 in class 6a after going 10 and 0 a year ago and advancing to the second round where they lost eventual state champion sarahland it is going to be Jamie Mitchell with us this morning. The Patriots are a juggernaut, but can they take it all the way? Uh, we'll discuss that and more with the head coach of the Hillcrest Patriots this morning at 1030 here on the program. Your phone calls, as always, are welcome at 205-342-9904. That's the number of the First Domain Condos hotline, 205-342-9904. So we would love to hear from you and um, look forward to... You joining the program this morning. Okay, some news and notes as we kick off this show for today. Of course, Alabama football continues to prepare for the Saturday morning road game at Kentucky on um, 
Saturday morning. Hey, tell you what, Justin, go ahead. I'm going to hit him up with some headlines. So go ahead and just hit the headline music, man. I love the headline music. Even though I enjoy the Fox Sports headlines, too, this is more local-oriented. Uh, as Alabama continues those preparations, Nick Saban said on Monday that, you know what, you can't get complacent. He said he woke up Sunday morning. He was tired too. A kid coach said, but you know what? You got to push through because the work is still ahead. The job is not done. In Alabama, we know what's on the line Saturday. If the tide wins in Lexington, Bama will clinch the SEC West and a spot in the SEC championship game against the SEC East champion, which we are all kind of assuming will be Georgia, but Georgia still has to play Ole Miss this Saturday. They still have to play at Tennessee. So both uh, Alabama and Georgia still have work ahead. Of course, the Crimson Tide has to go to the Jordan-Hare Stadium down at Auburn for the Iron Bowl. But if Alabama wins this Saturday, they do clinch the SEC West and a spot in Atlanta to play for the SEC Championship. As we talked a little bit about yesterday, a lot of debate on whether Alabama can make it into the top four, even if they went out for the college football playoff. My gut feeling and instinct is that they will if they went out. Of course, that's all you can do right now is control what you can control, and that is trying to win the next game, and that is what Alabama is focused on doing. Alabama men's basketball will host Indiana State on Friday night at 7 o'clock. Of course, the Crimson Tide was able to uh, take care of Moorhead State. And, um, you know, when you look at Alabama's basketball team, they played a lot of people the other night. And it was a really good performance, but Nate Oates, a lot like Nick Saban, is a profession, uh, is a perfectionist, and he was not exactly excited about the way the Tide played defense. In fact, he said after the game that uh, some of these guys that they're playing right now, if they don't learn how to defend, they're not going to be playing once the Tide ups its competition level. So uh, that's what I love to hear from a guy like Nate Oates, always uh, striving for excellence. Alabama basketball rolling on the court and off. Yesterday, the Tide picked up a commitment for the class of 2024 from a top 50 prospect, small forward Nas Cunningham out of Southern California Academy is a guy that at one time was ranked number one overall, Justin. Did you realize that? Was ranked number one overall in this class. And he uh, he did that deal where he went to play. It's not, uh, I don't know how that works. One of those um, leagues that's, I had it yesterday when I was at the TV station, what, it, what it's what it's called. But it's uh, one of those deals where um, you play in, in the... Um, that league and some of those guys get paid and he did not that's how he was able to retain his eligibility yeah here it is he played in the overtime elite league in atlanta he's originally from gladstone new jersey he averaged 14.4 points and 5.3 rebounds a game but he did not receive a salary from ote allowing him to maintain his collegiate eligibility as i said he was once ranked number one in that class of 2024 and so he's got a ton of athleticism a ton of ability has a chance to be a great defensive player as well so big pickup for alabama men's basketball. The Alabama women uh, won the other night as well. And they will play again on Friday, too, the same way they did on Monday. The women will play at 4.30, and the men will play at 7. So it was a uh, doubleheader on Monday. It'll be a doubleheader again on Friday. Of course, Friday night will be a lot of high school football playoff action as well. So uh, interesting uh, weekend coming up on uh, the local scene, that is for sure. As we uh, discussed yesterday with Alabama baseball coach Rob Vaughn, who was on with us, the uh, Alabama Fall World Series will wrap up this evening at 6.30 with the uh, 
Crimson and the Gray. It is tied at one game apiece, so they will decide that Alabama Fall World Series tonight. There is no cost to go attend that game over at the Joe. So make your plans to watch some Alabama baseball tonight as the weather is just, again, absolutely incredible. Also, uh, Baseball Country held its baseball clinic at Kentuck last night. They had hundreds of kids on the fields over there. It was an unbelievable event. And Tommy Wilcox and Gay Lake, Judge Gay Lake, had the uh, annual hunting and fishing laws event last night here in Tuscaloosa as they get ready for hunting season. Deer season, by the way, opens up on Saturday. Gun season does. How about that? It doesn't, again, feel like it with the weather, but uh, deer hunting is back for another season here in Alabama. So those are some headlines. We're off and running. It's 12 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. We're going to get to our first time out when we come back in the order in which they came. We'll take Mike and Opelika, and then we'll take Philip on the First of Main Condos hotline. So phone calls on the way. Matt Coulter on NASCAR at 930. Barbie Perry on the Bama Bullying Fashion Show event coming up at 10. And then at 1030, it is Hillcrest Head Football Coach Jamie Mitchell. So settle in. This is the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. This season of Alabama football brought to you by Pearl River Resort, Choctaw, Mississippi. Your destination for casino thrills, family fun, and live entertainment. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Kaneka Sausage, a true southern flavor since 1947 and the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at KanekaSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Tuesday's edition of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, we were joined by Alabama defensive back Malachi Moore. What led to victory on Saturday? Uh, just our team playing for 60 minutes. You know, we knew it was going to be a dogfight coming into the game, and we knew it's not going to be an easy game. You know, LSU Alabama is always a big-time robbery and big-time games and a lot of great players on both sides of the ball out there making plays. And um, it just came down to continue to fight for 60 minutes, like we said. In the locker room, you know, we tied up. And our team regrouped and went out there and performed. Talk about 60 minutes. How about the final 30 minutes? Not just against LSU, but against A&M and Ole Miss and Tennessee. What's made this such a good second-half defense? Um, you say 30 minutes, but we just look at it like 60 minutes. Uh, just keep playing to the next play and keep chopping, keep chopping. And I, I give credit to all the preparation that we have from uh, fourth quarter to summer to fall camp. I'll have more in a moment. Kaneka Sausage is an Alabama tradition and a fan favorite. Made fresh in evergreen Alabama since 1947, Kaneka Sausage is the best-tasting hickory smoked sausage you'll ever put in your mouth. Always great for breakfast, Kaneka Sausage is now a tailgate grilling favorite. Pick up some today where you buy groceries. Kaneka Sausage, the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. If you missed yesterday's episode of Crimson Drive, driven by NASCAR, catch it on demand on the CTSN Facebook and YouTube pages. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Kaneka Sausage. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. The game of football is about pain. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another warm and dry day today, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 82. Tonight, fair with a low at 59. Tomorrow, clouds gradually increasing the chance of a few showers by tomorrow night. The high tomorrow at 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. 
You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. All right, 916. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. And as promised, we got phone calls. Uh, we're going to have uh, Mike and Opelika lead us off, and then we're going to get to uh, we're going to get to Philip. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Gary. Hope you're doing well this morning. Yes, sir. Um, I know we're all frustrated with this committee, but let me ask you: if the same committee that did that does NCAA basketball was on here, this top six would look completely different. Um, Michigan, they hadn't played anybody. I think it would probably be Ohio State. I'm not even sure Georgia would be, too. I think it would be probably Texas and Alabama. Because what's the point? You know, you can't send a message to to Michigan that, hey, you need to improve your non-conference when you go out and you put them number two or three, playing nobody. I mean, I don't see now at this point. Coach Saban really ought to look at our future non-conference. Is it going to be worth it? Because if you get two losses, are you going to be out, you know, of a 12-team playoff? Um, It's just so frustrating because the NCAA, that committee, takes into account strength of schedule. That's why they encourage you to go out and play a tough schedule, even though you may not have a great record, but they reward you. Well, this committee is completely opposite. You can play a bunch of cupcakes, and they don't care. Well, it's two different committees, as you alluded to, Mike. The NCAA Basketball Committee, the NCAA Basketball Tournament is run by the NCAA. Um, and the college football playoff, the NCAA has nothing to do with it. So it's two totally different things. I, I understand your frustration, but I would also um, say this. You know, give it some time. I mean, it, it's still... Um, a lot of football is still left to be played for Alabama and for all these other teams. You know, I continue to, um, feel as though if Alabama takes care of its business, which means wins these next three and gets to Atlanta and wins the SEC championship, I still feel like they'll be in the college football playoff. I understand that on paper, uh, some things have to happen, but some things are going to start happening. And, um, you know, Texas was very fortunate to win this past weekend against Kansas State. We know Michigan and Ohio State play each other. Uh, there's still some tough games left out there as far as conference championship games go. So I'm not discouraged completely yet. I mean, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I will say this. I know it was early in the year and you're right. If Alabama's playing directional state on that second Saturday in September, they don't lose the game, but they might not be as good a football team as they are right now too. So I think a lot of good came out of that Texas game, but they did lose it. You know, you can't undo, you know, you got to beat them when you play them, Mike. And they played them that second week and that Saturday night, Texas was better. So they got the win and Alabama has that loss and Texas is ahead of them. And as far as Michigan is concerned, I, I understand what you're saying. At the same time, they do play in the Big Ten. They play in a Power Five league, one of the most respect, respected leagues in the country. Their non-conference schedule is weak. There's no doubt about it. And they caught, they caught a conference schedule that is not as strong as some others, but they do have to play Ohio State. And and uh, they have to play in a Big Ten championship game. You know, so there's just still so much that will be 
determined as far as this playoff is concerned. If Alabama gets left out and finishes 12 and 1 and is the SEC champion, I'll be shocked. I'll say that. I, you know, oh, and then, I, I, you know, and I'll be saying, I'll be just as frustrated as everybody else. I said, I, I'll say I never thought I'd see the day that would happen. So too bad, I guess, this year that's already not a 12 team playoff because Alabama would be set to go. But I'm still hopeful that if Alabama takes care of its business, that they're going to get into that final four. Oh, I agree with you. And you mentioned the Big Ten, but really, besides Penn, I mean, Michigan and Ohio State, that conference is garbage. Maybe you could throw in a Penn State, but I saw a thing that said of the 10 worst offenses in the country, I think seven of them are in the Big Ten. I mean, that, that conference doesn't even compare to the, you know, you take the top six or seven in the SEC, that conference doesn't even compare. But I do have a, a football question for you. Okay. Do you believe this hype about, Belichick could be out at the end of the season or Kraft may even make a move before the end of the season. I, I don't, Mike, unless it's something that Belichick signs off on. I just can't imagine a world in which Bill Belichick is let go for having one, you know, bad season. I mean, last year was subpar, but it wasn't bad. So far this year has been bad. I mean, they got two wins. Um, you know, I, I still think that this is a pretty good football team. They've been close in some games. I think Mac Jones has played better than he's given credit for. The receivers have been average is probably being kind. I mean, there's been a couple of drops oh, yeah. in two different games, including this past Sunday, where Juju Smith-Schuster had the ball hitting right in the hands. It was not an easy catch, but it's a catch that he should have made. So, no, I can't I can't imagine that, Mike. I'm, I, but, you know, this is pro sports. It's, it's you know, owners uh, like Robert Kraft are used to winning. Uh, he may feel like, him and his son may feel like that Belichick's time has come. But I don't, I don't see that. No, I, I would be, I would be shocked if Bill Belichick were let go. Do you see a chance where maybe they should bring in a new GM and maybe take some of the drafting and player personnel moves away from Bill because well, you that could, roster is really depleted. Yeah, you can make an argument there that there, there might be a, a direction that they should look at there because you're right. Their roster is not, they're, they're weak at too many areas. And, uh, you know, they're just not, they're not a top tier football team. And I, you know, I always obviously respect what they've done and pay a lot of attention to them because of, you know, they have one of the Alabama quarterbacks, but you're right. They're, they're, they're just not, um, they're not a great team and personnel wise, they're lacking and that's something yeah. that has to be addressed and whether it's Bill Belichick or someone else. So I am sure that, you know, let's see what they do the rest of the year. Uh, I'm sure once the season is over, I'm sure the Crafts will sit down with, with Bill and um, they'll talk about the future and discuss his future and where this organization is at and his plan to get it back, uh, you know, toward the top. So nothing would, would you know, anything's possible when it comes to sports, you know that. But again, with what Bill Belichick right. has done, I would be shocked if he is not the head coach there next year unless he says, hey, I don't want to be the head coach here anymore. Yep. Okay. Enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mike. Let's uh, let's keep it moving with Philip. Good morning, Philip. Philip's gone. All right, Philip. If you want to call back in, uh, getting back to that college football playoff, um, because I really in the headlines didn't talk about it much, but Alabama's still at eight. It, there's there's you know it, it's there's no change. Um, 
Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State are the top four. Washington is five. Oregon's getting a ton of respect. I mean, I, I really think I heard Greg McElroy say this last night, and I could I, I could agree with him. Oregon has got a fantastic, talented team, but they lost to Washington, and outside of Washington, their schedule's been really weak, and they're number five. And Texas, are their number six, and Texas and Alabama are behind them. I mean, I think you could argue that that Texas and Alabama should be ahead of Oregon. Ole Miss is right there at nine, even though they lost to Alabama. They're just one spot behind them. And uh, Penn State is 10, and then you've probably seen the list on through there. But uh, Alabama stays at eight despite another huge win. Alabama's put together some nice wins. When you look at Ole Miss, you look at A&M on the road, you look at LSU, but still at eight. All right, here's Phillip is back with us on the hotline. Good morning, Phillip. Sorry about that. I hung up on myself. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, hey, I was uh, I'm having a good time with this football stuff because um, – uh, Alabama's got a lot of windows of opportunity remaining. They've got seven teams ahead of them. Each team has three games. Seven times three is 21. So we got, we got 21 windows of opportunity right there, but Alabama's got to take care of their business. So I think I figured this thing out. Okay. I think Washington's got, I think Washington's got the toughest schedule. I think they're going to be the first one to tumble. Surprisingly, I think Georgia has got the second toughest remaining schedule. And if you want to get some looks of uh, quiet consternation over here in LaGrange, Georgia, uh, tell a Georgia fan that if they go undefeated but lose to Alabama in the SEC championship, they may not have a spot. Now, you'll get a funny look when you say that. Um, it, it, it's possible. There's, you know, it listen, if, the, if it's possible for Alabama to go 12-1 and one and not get in the uh, – Final Four, it's certainly possible for Georgia. I mean, yeah. I don't think two SEC teams are going. So uh, Alabama right. and Georgia could be playing for that for that spot. And if Georgia's right. 12-0 and goes to Atlanta and Alabama beats them, um, you know, it could happen that they don't get in. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, before the, before the college football playoff, it happened to Alabama in 2008 in the BCS era. Alabama was 12-0, went to the right. SEC championship game. Had to play Florida, who was 11-1, and one, had lost to Ole Miss that year. Florida beat Alabama, and Alabama went to the Sugar Bowl and uh, got beat right. by Utah. So they didn't they didn't get in. And, you know, mm-hmm. it happens sometimes that you have a great team that that, uh, right. that has to sit it out. So, yeah, there's a – that if you know, listen, I, I will continue to, con, you know, contend that if Alabama wins out, they're going. Uh, if Georgia wins out, obviously they're going. But yeah, I don't think it. you're going to get two SEC teams in under any scenario. So there is yeah. a there is a possibility that Alabama, um, if it beats Georgia, that Georgia's out. Mm-hmm. You know, because you'd have to take yeah. into head to head in that game. So you could have a yeah. two twelve and one SEC teams, and and one of them sitting at home. Or you could have yeah. as much as again it pains me, and I don't believe that's going to happen. But there is a scenario out there where um, you know people are bandying it around that if you have three undefeated conference champions and Texas who beat Alabama head up, that Alabama could beat Georgia 12-1 and one, and uh, Georgia and Alabama both be left out, which would be the the, the most shocking of shocking. But some people yeah. are saying it could happen. Yeah. Well, uh, I think Michigan's got the third best opportunity to take a tumble. And then I think Texas has got the fourth best opportunity to take a tumble based on their schedule. So, you know, you could you could be looking at the end of the year, uh, according to how the uh, championship games go, where Oregon, Florida State, Ohio State, and Alabama are the final four teams. You could. Some might be the options. 
You could. That, that's 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 kind of what I was saying um, earlier. Is there's still so much football left to be played? The, this yeah. this this final four that we're looking at right now, you know, it could. And listen, there's no guarantees in anything. There's no guarantee Georgia will beat Ole Miss this weekend. There's no guarantee Georgia right. will win at Tennessee. Do I think they'll win? Yeah, but you got to yeah. go out and play. You know, there's no there's no guarantee that Florida State will win the ACC championship game. I mean, there are games left, so you know you got to play them and you got to you got to win. So I guess that's my point is out for Alabama right now. They just need to be focused on beating Kentucky. I mean, all you can do right. is control what you control, and that is true. Next year, when there's a 12 team playoff, it'll look completely different. But for right now, there's only going to be four, and all you can do is take care of your own business. Hey Gary, do you remember the, it was several several years ago and. Alabama was looking at a situation where, you know, they had to, to, to win out basically. And I want to say it was the night that Alabama beat Auburn, like maybe even prior to, uh, AJ. And there was a game on TV that night where if, if the team won. That yeah, it was 2011 Al- and, um, because Alabama had lost to LSU, even though they shouldn't have, mm-hmm. uh, and they beat mm-hmm. Auburn forty-two fourteen. Yes, and if if was it? Uh, I want to say it was like Utah was involved. No, or I want to say it was Oklahoma State. Uh, no, that's what it was. That's what it was. State beat them. Is that right? Yeah, and it was at night. It was a late game. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. It, it came up on the midnight hour. Yeah, and and if Alabama Alabama needed help to get because they had not. You know, they were not going to play in the SEC championship game. And, um, and they got the help. And they got the help. And they wound up getting yep. into the BCS national championship game. And then, of course, we know what they did to, to LSU. Um, yeah. But it was, it was a 2011. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. And, and likewise, uh, likewise, a few years later, Houston was in the, in the, in the hunt for going and they lost an afternoon game to somebody like, uh, I forgot who it was, but you remember that? They lost. Yeah. I'm trying to remember yeah. that, that, um, that Oklahoma State, Iowa State game, um, was a, was a overtime game, I want to believe. And it may have been. maybe it been double overtime. I, I do know this. If Oklahoma State had won that game, um, they would have, you know, had to, I, I guess they must still would have had to play a Big 12 championship game, or maybe they didn't have a Big 12 championship game. But yeah, but I know Alabama needed help. Iowa State, who was not very good, uh, stunned Oklahoma State, which was unbeaten. And that was, uh, yeah, that was what, that was the help that Alabama needed. So it's worked out for Alabama in the past, too. There's been times that, you know, they didn't get in, uh, like in 2008 when they, they lost to, to Florida and, you know, uh, didn't win the SEC and were 12 and 1. And there have been some other times when they've, you know, it's been twice they've, they won the national championship and didn't play in the SEC championship game, 2011 and 2017. Yeah. So, um, you know, but we'll see what happens this year. But, yeah, that was yeah. 2011. They needed help, and they got it. But but I do. I have an immense amount of fun messing with my Georgia friends and telling them that if they, if they were to fall to Alabama, they're probably not going to the playoffs. And that's and you know, that, I just have a good time with that to watch those jaws drop. Well, it could still happen. A lot of football left. Hey, I got to get the break. Thanks, Philip. See All right, buddy. And it's uh, 931. We will take a time out here on the Gary Harris Show. This hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We'll be back with uh, Matt Coulter on NASCAR as we recap the season and uh, talk about the new champion, Ryan Blaney, next right here on the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. We'll be right back. 
2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Someday, Moose's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. It's screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning. They yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Burning fast on an empty tank, reckless and wild. They pour through the turns. All right, 934. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. It is time for Matt Coulter on NASCAR. And uh, we've gone through the entire season, and now it's over. And uh, you don't get a big break in NASCAR about uh, about two months, but they'll be back running. Um, yeah, maybe closer to three months, but they'll be back running in February and, and the Daytona 500 to be here before you know it. But uh, now it's time yeah. to celebrate a championship for Ryan Blaney. Penske goes back to back as uh, Logano won it last year. And, um, it was an interesting race, Matt, to say the least. We'll dive in. But first, just, uh, uh, you know, fun season, I thought. Interesting season. A lot of drama, a lot of, uh, um, well, we didn't have any, any fist fights, but we had some controversy. We had, um, Kind of a change in the guard, as you and I've discussed from the, you know, the young guns now kind of becoming young veterans and kind of taking hold of the, uh, of the sport away from some of those veteran guys and Kevin Harvick retiring. It was an interesting 2023. I agree. I love Blaney as champion. Um, I've been around him a few times. He's a really class young man and he can, well, real well. I was looking online at some of the pictures of him touring New York. Man, that trophy's big. Have you seen that trophy, Gary? I have seen it, and it is. They they want you to know that uh, they want you to know you're the champion. That's for sure. <clears throat> yeah, they, that's the. It's larger than the Stanley Cup, and they were toting it around all these TV shows. And it looked like they being taken to the top of the Empire State Building, but they took it everywhere but that. Big picture of him in Times Square, and very very cool way they celebrate. And, um, you know, he deserved it. He didn't come on till late in the year. He won Charlotte, then he won Talladega, and then he won in your call, mm-hmm. uh, Martinsville. And then he finished second and, uh, you know, had a really good run at Phoenix. Chastain wins it, but you know, not the Ross needs his heart blessed, but you know, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. That's the first time I think in 10 years that a non-playoff driver won the final race. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, I want to get to that, Matt, because uh, that yeah. I mean, it's certainly not controversy. Because you know, I've discussed this. Hey, you know, you got you got a bunch of other drivers that are out there trying to win too. But it is the first time since they've gone to this format that a non-playoff 
driver won the race. And there was a point in that race. And again, you know, I've discussed this. You know, what do you do if you're, you know, it's kind of been an unwritten rule uh, that if you don't have a chance to win the race, then you do kind of try to get on out of the way and let those playoff drivers. But in this case, obviously, Chastain had an opportunity to win the race and did. But at one point in the race, Blaney was working so hard to get past Chastain that you, I, I was like, I texted you, I said, what is he doing? I mean, I think he lost his cool a little bit. And then we did later see him giving him the, you know, the one finger salute. Uh, I think he was thinking, you know, go ahead and, 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 uh, slide out of the way here and let me, let me pass you. And Chastain was having none of it. Uh, for one, yeah. he wanted to win the race. And for second, he said he wanted to protect the manufacturer. Um, you know, GM and Chevrolet against the Ford. So it was, it was unusual. And, uh, and it was, it, and it, because it was the first time that that's happened, there was an unusual vibe watching the race on TV because you hardly knew that Chastain won the race because all the attention, of course, is on the champion. But here's yeah. a guy who, who, who won the race. I, I don't know. I, of all the guys, I think there would have been some other guys probably who would have just went ahead and not raced Blaney as hard and got it, you know, out of the way and then, you know, let Blaney go and to see if those other guys could catch him. But Chastain was having none of it, was he, Matt? No, and he's the first guy I'd pick that wouldn't relinquish it. I mean, that's just that's the kind of mentality that he has. And, you know, I don't blame him. He's out there to win it for his sponsors and track house. Race, race their butts off. Don't wreck anybody. Yeah. You know, don't wreck anybody in the playoffs. But the only thing that uh, would have been interesting is if Larson had caught him. Would he erase Larson as hard as he did, Blaney? I do wonder about that. What do you think? Uh, or Byron. Larson or Byron. Now, Bell's a Toyota, so he wouldn't have, and he, of course, he was out too, but that know, was the uh, thing I was wondering about. If it had been a, if it had been a Chevrolet instead of a Ford, would he have put that same kind of effort into it? But it doesn't matter. I mean, just, uh, just no. Yeah, but, it was a win, win. But I picked, I picked Blaney to win the race and that would have tied you up had I done it. Uh, and he did win the championship. So I get some points for that, but you beat me four to three in the head to head competition. I think I picked, I had more top fives and top tens, but, uh, but yeah, you, you said it. What a, what a breakthrough for Blaney though. Cause you know, you and I have discussed him a lot cause you know, his best buddies, Chase Elliott and of course Chase was up there celebrating with him in, in, in at the championship, but, uh, they're good friends and Blaney's been good, but he hasn't taken that next step, but he's taking it now, Matt. He's a champion. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed about this year is that that was his third win of the season. We mentioned he won Charlotte, he won Talladega and he ended up winning uh, at Martinsville, your call. Um, but there were 10 drivers with two or more victories this year. That's a boatload on a, a, you know, a handful of guys. You remember last year? Didn't we have 16 different winners? I think we did, so, yeah. Uh, I think, and, and again, a lot of those, Gary, were young guns, you know. Uh, Larson was up there, of course, and... Uh, it was a, it was an interesting year. I'm not going to say it was the best year we've had recently, but I like the way it finished. Because I was talking with, you know, the assistant vice president, whatever you call Russell Branham. He, he runs so many, wears so many hats these days. And he said that uh, Blaney loves Talladega. He loves the fans at Talladega. And he helps them out whenever he possibly can. And I met him once when he was inducted in the uh, Davy Allison Hall of Fame over there off square in Talladega. And uh, he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Very humble. 
did everything. They, you know, took pictures with everybody and signed autographs. So, um, gotten to know him a little bit better over the last year. I'm really glad he won it. Yeah, I was pulling for him because I had picked him and, and, um, you know, you watched him throughout the year, like you said. I mean, midway through the season, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was not going well. And, you know, no. you and I were, I remember you and I having that discussion. When is, when is the, when are the results going to match up with the talent? Because when you, when you talk to, to people that follow NASCAR and you listen to some of these drivers, they'll tell you, you know, Ryan Blaney is a special talent and he's, you know, the pedigree's there, the talent's there. He's been driving since he was, you know, maybe before he was walking and, uh-huh. but he just, he's just not gotten over the hump. And, you know, when, when Keselowski and, and Logano were his teammates, he was always kind of viewed as the, the third wheel, but you saw that changing. I, I think Keselowski law left a couple of years ago for a number of reasons. Number one, he had a great opportunity with Roush Fenway be, be in ownership, but I think then you and I discussed it. I remember thinking it looks kind of to me like, the captain is is you know he knew what he had in Logano and you could see a push toward Blaney and I think I think Keselowski kind of felt like he was the the third wheel there and, and the odd man out don't you? Uh, it, it could be it could be more of just his rub and personal deal with Logano I don't know but it certainly opened up the door for the twelve and uh, he is this year he grabbed it and taken off so and that's where I don't think Pinsky was there Sunday. Uh, yeah, he was. He was there. He was. There? Yes, yes, he was absolutely there. Oh, that's right. I saw him in free race, and uh, so was Rick Hendrick. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hendrick was there. But Gibbs you know was what? there. Penske was there. They, 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 they were all there. Yeah, the captain wins again, and man, that guy's. Uh, he's the greatest owner in the history of racing. He is. When you look at all the different, uh, you know, he's involved in every one of them, <laughs> and uh, and I guess he's. I don't know what he is. Eighty four years old or whatever. 80, but he's he's still. Well, he Right. No, he doesn't. I mean, he's he's uh, he's strong and and going to keep going. But for for Blaney, it is because this is the thing. You look at Hamlin. Of course, thankfully, Bobby Allison got his championship in '83. But you look at all these guys that are have been, you know, Dale Jr. I mean, you look at all these guys who are really. He's 86. I just looked up Penske's 86. You look at all these guys that are. Um, Great, great drivers and, you know, have won a lot more races than, than Ryan Blaney, although Ryan Blaney's still got a long time to go. But once you win that championship, it, it just, it sets you apart and yes, it, does. it puts you, that's something that in the Daytona 500 is big as a Daytona 500 winner, you know, but there's a guys that have been a, had great racing careers, but because they didn't win that championship, they're not viewed the same. And of course, getting two, uh, getting, you get more than one that even to put you on another level, but this is a, this is life changing for Ryan Blaney. Now we'll see Matt if he takes this step and then becomes a dominant driver going forward. Not just a guy who's winning a race or two, but if he's going to put together one of those three this year, you know, can he put together a five, six, seven race win season and get another championship? Cause he's got the talent. He's with the team. He has the equipment, has obviously a, a, a you know, great owner. So this could, you know, propel him into the stratosphere or it could be one of these guys that wins a championship and then doesn't do too much. What do you think? Which, which, which side of the uh, fence are you on on Ryan Blaney? Does he propel himself into he, superstardom or is this a deal where you're looking back three or four years and now say, wow, you know, how did that guy win a championship? No, I think he's a three, four race winner a year now. And um, he's gradually been building up to this. It's just taking a lot longer than we thought. 
but now he's there. He's got a great team owner. He's, he's got a great reputation. He wins at any track. I mean, look at that. He, he won at Charlotte, and he, he really wins at Talladega. And uh, then he won on a little bit short track. So he's got all the talent. He's got the mindset. I think he's there to stay. You know, leading race winner this year was William Byron. He had six wins, Gary. Oh, yeah, an unbelievable uh, year. Unbelievable the year. The Buzz gang is, is coming on now. They're, they're racing with the veterans down. It just makes the sport better. And for Larson, he had the opportunity to get that uh, rarefied air of two championships and came up just uh, a, a little bit short. But listen to the post-game interview uh, views. That's how, you know, how well thought of Ryan Blaney is, is everybody was congratulating him. There was a lot. Of, I didn't see anybody with a negative. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that don't like him, but he seemed like he was a pretty popular champion. He was, in fact, um, his last lap after uh, the checkers took a long time because every driver would pull up to his door window and give him a thumbs up, especially uh, Chase Elliott. Oh, really yeah. Excited. Well, that's, I mean, they're like brothers. I mean, you remember when Elliott won his championship, Blaney was right there, and then I saw the video of you had you had Blaney on one side, uh his girlfriend on the other side and Chase was right there between them celebrating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Almost like he was too the, close for friends. Well, how about Chase? You talking about looking to bounce back in 2024. What a miserable season for NASCAR's most popular driver. Started bad and ended bad. And not too much you know, in between. He, he needs a blank canvas. He needs to start all over. He needs a mental reset. He needs a physical reset. He needs a team reset. You know, some of that Got to drop back to Hendrick, doesn't it? I mean, that car wasn't ready. Right. Maybe the guy behind the wheel wasn't real ready. By the way, interesting fact, uh, Lars Anderson and I did the show over there. We all, uh, yesterday and on our way back, Chase Elliott's hauler passed us on 2050 Did it really? Uh, yeah, well, it's coming back from Phoenix and that's the way you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's not the first time I've seen one, especially when they're coming back from the West Coast. They come right through Birmingham. But, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and Tuscaloosa. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Maybe that's a sign he's going to be back. NASCAR needs their most popular driver to win the races. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, uh, he... It wouldn't surprise me if he came back and won three races in the championship, would it, you? No. Shoot, no. I mean, with his talent, and, and, and again, it's like Blaney, except he's been more you know, to this point, he was more proven than Blaney. And now Blaney, you know, would get a championship. But with with Elliott, I, like you said, what we're talking about, this was just a freakish year. It just, but no, I have no doubt that, like you said, they'll they'll clear the canvas. You know, he'll be he'll be dialed in. That team will be dialed in, and they'll be a force in in 2024. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if he won the championship. Let me ask you about Hamlin, because Hamlin, you know, that last win he had, he pronounced the car. It's our year. And it wasn't. And, and again, this is the other side of NASCAR. This is a, you know, guy's in his forties who's got over 50 wins, who is undoubtedly a Hall of Famer and, you know, one of the best to, to, to ever do it. And I'm beginning to think that he's not going to win a championship. I'm not saying he's going to, he won't be in contention, but some, some people, it's just not meant for them. <laughs> I mean, can I think Denny Hamlin's one of those guys? Well, you know, Bobby Allison was one of those guys for a long time. That's what I'm saying. This guy was so happy in 83 when he finally got his. Yeah, And you know what's interesting about that in reference to this year is when Bobby Allison 
won the championship. Uh, the race was in Atlanta, and Neil Bonnet won the race. Bobby Allison finished third. Mm. So it does happen. I mean, it's been happening for four yeah, but that was a different that was a different playoff format. Yeah, too. A different point I, in this standing. in this format, the this is the, still the same. Yeah. Oh no, no. And listen, I remember the big thing that year was, you know, Allison wanted it bad, and and and. and the blocking that uh, he did on uh, Waltrip and what what race was that, Matt? I know you'll remember it when Waltrip had a chance to win and Bobby didn't, and he just blocked him all the way around the track. Well, and back then Waltrip did race real clean, so was, I was okay with Allison doing that, and I, I do not remember the track. That was my first year covering NASCAR. Okay. But man, what a what a great first year to have if you live in oh, Alabama. Oh yeah, Alabama. yeah, that was. Uh, uh, they were. Uh, that was just. So much fun back in those days. It's still fun, but we don't have our Alabama game. No, I mean it's it's. But you're a connection, and and I guess even though I was, you know, not even understand what I'm doing, uh, but you know, getting to cover NASCAR very early, and you know, so we go back to that. You know, we were covering races when Petty was still driving, and. Yarborough yeah. was still driving, and the Allisons were still driving, and there's not too many people that can that can say that because now this is an entirely this is two generations removed from that crew. But boy, that was the days. You remember, man? I know we're getting short on time here, but in those days, yeah. it wasn't, there wasn't any posturing. I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't do. You know, when the when drivers had a uh, issue with each other, they would go to each other's trailer and they'd settle it the old fashioned yep. way, and that wasn't necessarily on camera, and it wasn't for for nah. uh, social media. It was. Because hey, we really got a beef here. Let's 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 figure this thing out. So sometimes they figured it out. Was <laughs> yeah. A lot of stuff was handled between those haulers. Yeah, that was uh, that was a different era. Anyway, it was a great year. So hey, where is the uh, is, is the NASCAR celebration? Is it in New York or Vegas? When it where is it this year? I think they've moved it to Vegas now. Don't quote me. on No, that. it's been there lately. I didn't know if it was going to be back been there. there. I think yeah. it's staying there, and I think they do all three series. I think they do the Craftsman Truck Xfinity. And the uh, cup race. So that'll be a big celebration. I was fortunate enough to go a couple of those. Man, is it fun. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, take a hiatus, I guess, for a while and, uh, yeah. you know, give you a break and then we'll start back early next year as I get ready for Daytona. But uh, you won the competition four to three. I really thought I was going to make that. Blaney was going to win the race and win the championship, but I was going to be on here crowing. Uh, and, you know, I'm still taking some credit for picking, for picking Blaney and he won the championship, but you, you beat yeah. me. Uh, in four, four to three head to head in, in the winners. Although I did have let's more fight. Let's more... redo the scoring system. Yeah, uh, Jeff Payton's going to do it. He's already said he's going to put it in a system where you, you get win- credit for wins and also for top fives and top tens. But yeah. been a fun year, Matt. Appreciate it. It has. I've enjoyed it, Gary. I'm glad we continue to do this. Thank you and have a blessed day. All right, 952. We'll take a break. Come back and wrap up. Oh, this Gary. First. Yeah, go ahead. Gary. You there, Matt? President Talladega will be on with us at 1 o'clock today. We'll talk more racing. Oh, super. Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, 9.52. We'll take a break, come back and wrap up the first hour of the Gary Harris Show right after this. Hi, Barry Buckner. Welcome to Tuscaloosa. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another warm and dry day today, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 82. Tonight, fair with a low at 59. Tomorrow, clouds gradually increasing the chance of a few showers by tomorrow night. The high tomorrow at 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. So 2313 Street, call 205-345-9622 or look them up online, ymcatuscaloosa.org. That's going to wrap it up for the first hour of the Gary Harris Show. This hour has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Another hour on the way on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTVC, your home for Alabama sports. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Nick Cope. The latest edition of the college football playoff rankings was released Tuesday night, and the top eight is unchanged from a week ago. Ohio State number one, Georgia two, Michigan three, and Florida fourth. On the outside looking in, Washington is at five, Oregon the top one loss team at six, Texas seventh, and Alabama is eighth. Reports say Michigan has sent documents to the Big Ten showing that Ohio State, Rutgers, and Purdue shared the Wolverine signals with each other during the 2022 season. NBA was off on Tuesday. All teams will be back in action tonight. College basketball, a couple of ranked teams played. Number 20, Baylor battled to an 88-82 win against Auburn. And number 8, Creighton with a massive blowout win against Florida A&M, 108-54. NFL media reports Patriots corner J.C. Jackson is not expected to travel with the team to Germany for their game against the Colts. Jackson did not start this past weekend. Always live. Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. A wildfire that spread rapidly in the Griffin Ridge community near Brookwood yesterday has been contained inside a fire break but continues to be monitored this morning. It consumed two structures and forced evacuations, but there were no injuries. The Tuscaloosa Amphitheater downtown will be renamed the Mercedes-Benz Amphitheater. The new name should be effective by the beginning of the new season next spring. The Tuscaloosa Veterans Day program is set for this coming Saturday. It will be at Veterans Memorial Park on McFarland Boulevard at 11 a.m. The latest local news in Tuscaloosa. Bama Sports Updates. And severe weather information. Download the free Tuscaloosa Threat app. Never pay for your news. And sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates. 
The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. And uh, this hour of the Gary Harris Show brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. Remember, Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff. Our business is to take care of your needs. Call Paul Patterson at Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or Mike Comer in Northport at 205-759-3939. Personal injury attorneys that care and are here in West Alabama feed on the ground. The commitment to serve our clients at Patterson Comer does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call Paul in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or reach Mike in Northport at 205-759-3939. And remember... PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. And let's kick off this second hour by jumping out on the first of Maine Condos Hotline and welcoming in Barbie Perry. We've had her on, uh, we had her on last year. And of course, I can say this show is sports and more. And Bama against bullying is having its big fashion show coming up this Sunday and fundraiser. And of course, uh, we had her on, as I said, last year. And this does have some sports folks involved in it. It's a huge event for a great cause, and Bob Barbie is here this morning to talk more about it. Good morning, Barbie. How are you? Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me again. How are you doing today? Doing great. Well, it's it's here. It's back this Sunday, right? Bama against yes, Bullion sir. Fashion Show. Yes, we are Show. so excited. Yes. So this year, I'm super excited because we're actually doing it at a new venue. It's called Downtown Social. It's a new venue downtown. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of different uh, than last year because we're going to have a lot more going on. And we're actually super excited because we will be having, um, you know, one of Bama's favorite football players. He's new on the team. His name is Foyer Dearman. So he will be one of our speakers um, this year. So I'm very, very excited um, to have him on. And like always, we're going to have, you know, it's a combination of fashion and also music. So we're going to have fashion from all the top boutiques here like Lavish and Part 2 and Lululemon and Vintage Cotton, the Pants Store, Everhaze. Um, and we are in Paws Boutique, of course, that's a good one downtown. And performances by a couple of Nashville girls. Um, one of them is actually originally from Tuscaloosa, Emma Caroline. She is, she went on The Voice. Uh, she was on, on Blake's team, um, almost Almost made it to the to the final round there, but she'll be back this year. Uh, she was on last year, and we have em, uh, Emily Wierick, and she is um, an amazing artist. Also, she's originally from Knoxville, so um, we have a couple, you know, a few of our local artists like Jimmy Worry, Matt McCracken, um, then of course Jackson Chase, who was with me right. last year at your mm-hmm. studio. So uh, very excited to have him back. And, you know, we're going to have a urban cookhouse food truck out there. So, you know, a lot of good things happening before the show. And then, of course, we get right into it. And it's just a great event. It's yeah. really a family-friendly event. Um, have, like, over 40 models, uh, local models. So, you know, it's a great opportunity where we like to bring the, the community together. 
um, to create awareness about bullying via the arts and entertainment. Yeah, what an event. That's, uh, it sounds incredible. And you mentioned Sawyer Dearman, who was local football star at American Christian Academy in Tuscaloosa County High and now on the Alabama team. So that's, uh, that's a, a neat aspect of it, too. All right, let's get to the cause and effect of this and, and what exactly Bama Against Bullying is all about. So Bama Against Bullying is a nonprofit organization, and we create awareness about bullying via the arts and entertainment. So our goal is to be a part in which we're working very hard to be in the school system, um, you know, as an added value to the already um, in place anti-bullying program called HALT, um, H-A-L-T. And we are really, you know, believe that empowering the children um you know we use dance as a tool to empower them as well so we try to have like a different approach when it comes to that so the kids you know pay a lot more attention and listen to us (laughs) and it's not you know it's it's more like down on their level we we have also a weekly class called the dance effect um and in that class we use again dance as a tool but we um do a little bit of mentorship at the same time and we're teaching the kids how to be positive role models, not only in real life, but also on social media, which is a big deal. Uh, nowadays, people are trying really to have the kids, you know, just shut off social media. But I believe that really we need to educate them how to use social media the right way and the positive way. Um, so that's a class that's really under an umbrella of, of, of or, our organization and hopefully will be in place in the school system. Too. So we're very, very excited about that. And we're Trying to trying to change lives one at a time, that's for sure. And you know, and teach these kids how being kind is a new norm and not you know, and how bullying is not cool anymore. <laughs> it's never been cool, but not cool at all. So Well, you're doing that and in, in, in this event and I think we discussed this last year, uh, when you were in studio, um and I love Tuscaloosa, but this is the type of event, you know, when I saw what it was all about, I was thinking Atlanta or Nashville, or New Orleans, or Miami, you know, this this right. type of event is not something that, you know, we're used to seeing in Tuscaloosa with this with this type of uh, pomp and circumstance and all these models. I mean, this is what many of us would, you know, call a, a metropolitan or big city event. And to have yeah. it right here in Tuscaloosa, I think is pretty special. I know. I really, it's something that I'm very proud of. And I guess, Coming from Miami <laughs> into Tuscaloosa, you know, going to bring a little bit of that vibe here. But, um, I mean, it's just really something that is so special in so many different levels um, because we really try to, when we also bring speakers to the event, because, of course, that is the heart of the event. Sure. Like, that's what we're there for. It's, it's all great and fun, but we're there for one reason. And it's really to uh, create awareness in, in, in everybody's life. Like this is happening not only to, you know, not only to students and to young people, but also in the workplace, also, you know, through adults, you know, with adults. So we really want to enlighten everybody of how, you know, to deal with it, how to, you know, being on social media, especially. I mean, we've seen, you know, social media is great. And that's sort of where it's really trying to prevent you know, young people to become these adults in the future that are definitely, you know, attacking others through their screen. So um, just trying to make, you know, the best that we can to to change that, to change the focus on, on, on how really to to behave on um, social media and in real life. So oh, it's, it's incredible. Again, folks, art, entertainment, fashion, sports, it all kind of intersects at this uh, Bama 
against Bully and Fashion Show coming up on Sunday. All right, Barbie, before we close it out, give us again the one more time, the where, the when, the how, and uh, what people need to know if they want to attend on Sunday. All right. Well, the tickets are on sale at BamaAgainstSchooling.org. It's $20 for general admission, $25 if you want to reserve seats. Um, doors open at 5 o'clock. Um, the show starts around 6.15 or so. Um, it's going to be a 360 photo booth. Like I said, we're going to have, you know, Urban Cookhouse uh, food truck out there. And, you know, just come get ready for the red carpet, dress to impress, um, come with your best energy, best smiles, and just ready to have a great time. Wow. This and Sunday, this, uh, November 12th. Yeah, give us, and give us that location one more time. And it's Downtown Social, um, which is 420th Street. is downtown Tuscaloosa. New venue, beautiful venue with a rooftop. Um, definitely a great, great location. Well, it's going to be awesome, and I think that uh, a lot of people that are listening are going to make plans to attend, and I'm sure it's going to yes, be a huge event. Yes, and I hope event. to see you there, too. All right, well, maybe I can come by. Thank you so much, Barbie. Yes, thank you so much for having me, and have a great one, everybody. You, you bet you. Barbie Perry there with uh, Bama Against Bullying, that fashion show coming up Sunday. You heard it right there, all the details. Great, great event. Going to be a lot of fun, something special, <clears throat> something unique. That I want is we don't see in Tuscaloosa very often, so take advantage on Sunday night. All right, it's 11 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. The second hour is off and running. We've got uh, the head coach of the Hillcrest Patriots coming up, Jamie Mitchell, at 10.30 as this uh, Hillcrest team has got its sights set on a Class 6A state championship. They'll begin that quest on Friday night. In the next segment, though, we are wide open for phone calls at uh, 205-342-9904. That's the number on the First Domain Condos hotline. Uh, a lot of people have some passionate feelings on this college football playoff whether or not Alabama could be on the outside looking in even if the tide wins the rest of its games what do you think about that a lot of chatter still about the Dallas Turner hit on Jaden Daniels a lot of people calling it dirty um, I know Corey Miller had a passionate defense of Dallas Turner yesterday on the Miller's Edge I kind of did the same on my show uh, I, I just I'm not agreeing one bit with the term dirty dirty to me implies that it's premeditated and um i don't know where this is coming from i i don't and i've i even heard uh, one analyst say that this is something that nick saban has a history of doing trying to get top players taken out of big games i've been covering the guy since he's been here i've, I've never i've never picked up on that so you may have some thoughts on that but we're wide open for phone calls in the next segment gary harris justin jones and uh, you our great listeners on tide 100.9 fm and 1230 a.m wtbc we'll be right back your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. Tied. 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Another warm and dry day today, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 82. Tonight fair with a low at 59. Tomorrow clouds gradually increasing, the chance of a few showers by tomorrow night. The high tomorrow at 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 70 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
All right, 1015, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Top 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Auburn basketball last night, um, you know, give them credit. It was a, a tough opening game against Baylor, and they led that game most of the way, Auburn did. Uh, but, you know, you got to be able to finish, and when you play really, really good teams, you know, it is, it's all about 40 minutes. And Auburn was playing last night against Baylor up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. How about that? And they get beat 88-82 by the uh, by the Baylor Bears. And down the stretch, uh, I got to catch some of the end of that game. Didn't watch much of it. But Auburn, like I said, it kind of controlled that game. But in the last three or four minutes, Baylor made the plays at winning time. And uh, so tough loss for Auburn uh, as they start the season against a really good team, 20th ranked Baylor, and the Tigers go down and are 0-1 on the season. All right, let's jump out on the First and Main Condominiums Hotline, presented by First and Main Condos, downtown historic Northport, and talk to Tom. Hey, Tom, what's up, buddy? Hey, hey Gary, how are you this morning? First of all, I, I need to say something. I, I want to apologize to you and everybody for using the word retarded yesterday. Uh, that's been bothering me ever since I did it. It just kind of... I was hunting a word and I couldn't get... Oh, it happens. I know. It It. 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 it, it, it slipped I, I out. Swear I did not want to use that word. It came out, and uh, and I apologize to everybody. Well, apology accepted. Uh, we understand. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And uh, but uh, I, I was frustrated about the, the way the, the referees have done us, and that's that's what got me going. But I wanted to talk to you about one of your callers. I thought had a fantastic point. I think his name was Mike earlier when he said the college uh, football playoff committee could learn something from the uh, committee that does the uh, basketball tournament for the NCAA. Now, I realize we're talking about two different entities, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn one from the other. And uh, and, and I thought one of his points about if, when you went with strength of schedule, Alabama and Texas uh, would be ahead of everybody, and I agree with that. And uh, uh, and I thought he had some really good points, and I agree the uh, the college football uh, playoff committee, they need to get off their high horse and say, you know what, we can learn something from other people, and we also can learn by listening a little bit more than what they do. Uh, I, I think that they're a bunch of arrogant. You know what? Yeah, uh, this is just. And I thought he had good points. Yeah, this is just setting up, Tom. It's interesting that for the most part, through this fourteen playoff, we've gotten we've gotten through it without a ton of controversy. To be honest with you, it's kind of worked itself out, and maybe it still will. But all of a sudden, in the final year of the fourteen playoff, doesn't it seem like to you that we are building toward a big brouhaha? That we are that we are building possibly toward a twelve and one Alabama or twelve and one Georgia? You know, potentially getting left out of this thing. I, I think there oh, there yeah. there's some built up more momentum too toward this uh, uh, final year to get a Pac-12 team in it, and you know that narrative out there that the SEC is down and you know the SEC isn't as strong I've seen that pitched around a lot by Tim Brando and others well even if Alabama does run the table who cares the SEC is not as good as the Pac-12 it's not as good as the Big Ten it's not as big good as the Big 12 I'm seeing that out there a lot too so I do think I still I still am going to stand by what I've said Tom that if Alabama goes 12 and 1 wins out beats Georgia or someone else in the SEC championship game that they're going
going to be in the college football playoff. Having said that, I could see that scenario that we're discussing where Alabama uh, could be in a little bit of a pickle. So, uh, yeah, I agree. But it's a, but that's why I continue to say though, just focus. If you're Alabama, you just got to win the next three. Get to get to Atlanta. You can't you can't take your eye off the prize because if you do, particularly, I think that's the one thing we've all learned is under Nick Saban when when Auburn comes here outside of the one amazing comeback that they had in 2010. Uh, you know when Auburn comes to Tuscaloosa, it's really not even a competitive game that much anymore. But when right. Alabama goes down there, they're lying in wait at Jordan Hare. I'm telling and, you, and, I'm telling you, it's a different that's a different animal when uh, Alabama shows up. At Auburn, uh, at Jordan Hare, it is absolutely different. You've been there, I've been there. I can tell you for a fact that uh, there's nothing like it when Alabama's in town. You're right. So it's so that Alabama doesn't need, and I don't think the team, the players, and the coaches are, but the fans are all worked up about looking at oh, scenarios. Yeah, hey, listen, let me tell you something. That energy level down there, you can tell the players pick up on it when they come out of the tunnel. They pick up on it. I pick up on it. My God Almighty, it's an unreal amount of energy being thrown out there by those fans. I don't care what any fool says. You can feel it, and it always makes me nervous when I'm down there. I, don't you agree with that? I, I don't think there's any doubt about it, Tom. I, 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 I mean, how, many, how many times have we seen inferior teams come out there with that uh, – that blue jersey on, and they play way beyond their capability. They understand, uh, you know, oh, what yeah. it means to their fan base, and and you know they worked so long. Pat Dye did to get that game to Auburn. Yep. And uh, I, I tell people all the time, if Ray Perkins had not left to go to uh, Tampa Bay, there would that that would have gone to court. Ray Perkins would have never willingly taken a team down to Jordan Hare. But when he left, and Steve Sloan and Bill Curry came in, they just kind of parted the Red Sea and said, "Hey, you know, it's their game; they can play it where they want." And eventually, they would have anyway. But I would have loved to yeah, have seen yeah, Ray yeah. Perkins and Pat Dye battle it out in court because that's where that's where this would have gone. Uh, Ray Perkins I, never I intended he, he never he never intended to take a team down there to uh to Jordan Hare. He said that he had a contract that you know that Coach Bryant had had that you know kept that game in Birmingham for a lot longer time. But uh as I said it worked out. But since it's gone to Auburn, you know, Auburn had that inferiority complex for so many years when Coach Bryant was at Alabama. But when they got die down there, he instilled them with a, a sense of hey, you know, you can compete against Alabama, you can beat Alabama, we're gonna bring the game to Jordan Hare. All that happened and you know, Alabama under Nick Saban has had an incredible run. But as we've talked about, Auburn has managed to be competitive. You know, they won their first national championship in, well, you know, you know 53 I, I years told, and then played for I another told. one. And and they've, they've beaten Alabama as much as anybody. Alabama and LSU or Auburn and LSU have beaten Nick Saban five times. And that's the most that any school in this league has beaten him or in the, in the country. I told Michael Pasagrande one, one time, uh, it's been three or four years ago, I was talking to him. And he said, what do you think about this Auburn team? I said, let me tell you about Auburn. <laughs> I said, I'm 70 years old, and I'm going to tell you something. Auburn will always bring their – they will always show up for this game. I don't care what anybody says. They will show up for this game. Now, you can write that one down because they know how to play football at Auburn. That's a fact. 
I agree with you. They're they're going to be, you know, they're going to be laying in wait. But I will say this: Saban has, um, you know, one down there several times. Uh, yeah. And he had in in 2011. Now they beat him 42 to 14, and and Auburn didn't score an offensive touchdown. They scored on a kickoff return and a sack in the end zone for a fumble recovery touchdown. Didn't score an offensive touchdown. And in 2015, uh, they wound up winning that game. You know, fairly comfortably the Derrick Henry game, but uh, they lost in you know they lost in seventeen when they were eleven and zero. They lost in nineteen when they had a better team, like you alluded to. And then, of course, two years ago, we know what happened. I mean, against the team that they they were a big favorite against. I mean, Bryce Young had to orchestrate one of the greatest drives in college football history to go ninety eight yards with no timeouts in less than two minutes just to get that game into overtime. So, you know, I understand why Alabama right, fans right, are nervous. So, I mean, even Coach Saban admits that crazy stuff happens down there. Mm-hmm. I don't everybody. I, it, it just happens. I've seen it for so many years. Crazy stuff does happen down there, and uh, that's all it is to it. But uh, I wanted to ask you this, too. Um, you know, Miles Zahn used to have this nasty little habit. If the season wasn't going good with about three or four games left, he threw everything in the, in the ditch, and he started getting ready for Alabama. That's another reason he was so good against Coach Saban in Alabama. He, he When he come down to it, he started getting ready three or four weeks ahead of time to play Alabama, especially if he knew that he wasn't going anywhere uh, like the playoffs or anything like that. you believe that? Well, I, I – I... Yeah, <laughs> I do. Now, the thing about this year is Auburn is is trying to turn its season around with the first-year head coach. They're going to be focused on trying to win uh, every game that they can. Uh, they're not going to be focused just on the Iron Bowl. So this is a big game for Auburn this week at Arkansas. And I think it could be a big, oh, yeah. big game for Alabama because I think if Arkansas wins that game, uh, then it kind of curbs the, the enthusiasm a little bit. You know, Auburn's won back-to-back games, although they, I think they beat the two two worst teams in the league in, in, in Mississippi State and Vanderbilt, but they play another team that record-wise is not very good, but Arkansas has been competitive, and then they beat Florida this past weekend, and they're at home. So if Arkansas wins that game, I think it kind of it kind of curbs the uh, the Auburn enthusiasm a little bit, but if they, hey, if they if they win that one, and then they've got the, you know, the non-conference game before they play Alabama, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be on a little bit of a roll. Yeah, they'll be jacked. They'll be jacked. I'm here to tell you. It don't take much, and they'll, they'll go. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Tom. And um, yeah, we'll we'll get to the Iron Bowl though when it gets here. But um, um, but you know, it's um, it's always lingering. You know, it's always there. No matter what you've done, if you're Alabama, you know that final game of the regular season. Uh, Auburn's Auburn's there waiting, and and we've seen it twice. Alabama's been eleven and zero, and twice they've gone to Jordan here and lost. Uh, 2013 when they were on the verge of repeating as national champions and I think would have and uh, got kicked sixth and then of course in 2017 were 11-0 and and got beat and then that year it worked out for Alabama to get into the playoff and then of course that was the, the year that uh, you know they beat uh, beat Georgia on the second 26 but Got to get through Kentucky first, and uh, then a non-conference game against Chattanooga, and then it'll be the Iron Bowl. So it'll be here. It's you know, again, it's hard to imagine, but um, it's two weeks from this Saturday. So season is 
wrapping up quickly. All right, it's 1027 here on the program. And uh, let me remind you that um, if you're looking for a great spot for breakfast, brunch, or lunch, and in my opinion, the best spot is the Brick and Spoon downtown Timerson Square. Uh, they open at 7. They close at 2 every day. They, they specialize, obviously, again, in breakfast, brunch, and lunch. They have an unbelievable uh, just unbelievable drink menu. Build your own mimosas and, and Bloody Marys that people love uh, to go down there, particularly on Saturday and Sunday. Outdoor seating, uh, beautiful um, restaurant, and everybody that I talk to that visits that have heard me talking about it, thank me. Hey, thank you for letting me know about Brick and Spoon. 2300 2318 4th Street, downtown Tuscaloosa at Timerson Square. Breakfast, brunch, and lunch seven days a week at Brick and Spoon, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. daily. All right, we'll be back with the head coach of the Hillcrest Patriots, Jamie Mitchell, chasing the state championship in Class 6A, next right here on the Gary Harris Show. Ah, baby. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten thirty one. welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. The Alabama High School Athletic Association State Playoffs begin tomorrow night. Continue on Friday night with first round action. And then, uh, of course, the next week we get into the second round. And so high school football, this is what you play all season for to try to have an opportunity to play in the postseason. Hillcrest has certainly done that. Uh, back-to-back 10-0 and regular seasons. Of course, last year, some injuries there at the end of the season, uh, particularly to quarterback Ethan Crawford after Hillcrest went 10-0. and um, hit them. They still beat Calera in the first round of the 6A state playoffs, 38 to nothing, but then lost to Sarah Land 56-31. In the second round, Sarah Land, of course, went on to win the um, state championship last year, but how does Hillcrest back that up? Well, they back up 10-0 and with another 10-0, and and the Patriots have been absolutely dominant after playing two really good teams to start the season in Pike Road uh, out of Montgomery and Armwood, Florida. They got into region play and... Uh, you know, have just, uh, have, uh, well, that actually that was 2022 season there, but uh, they started the season this year. Uh, trying to get my notes pulled up here, coach. Coach Jamie, Jamie uh, Mitchell's okay. waiting on me and, uh, opened up against South Haven, Mississippi and Pike Road again and, uh, absolutely have been dominant this season. Uh, one of the most dominant regular seasons, in fact, that we've, we've ever seen, uh, this year without a close game on the schedule. And now they get ready for St. Paul's, which traditionally we know is a powerhouse. Good morning, coach Jamie Mitchell. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Good to have you on. And I was trying to get this stuff square, but you had some closer games to start the year last year. But this year you just opened up 43 nothing. You've won 43 nothing, 30 to 6, 48 to 3, 35 to 6, 56 to 6, 32 to 3, 49 14, 28 nothing, 60 to 13, and 48 to 21. You've won some state championships with some great teams in different states and in this state. Uh, have you ever been with a part of a team that's been this dominant during a regular season? You know, it's, I would have to say no. I'd have to go back and, and really study that. I've had some great teams, but you know, uh, you know, you mentioned some things that, that we're worried sick about. This football team has never ever been behind in 10 ball games, which is just mind boggling. We have never trailed for one second in any game. 
and the closest uh, range of victory has been 24 points is the closest game that we've been in. So, you know, uh, we we certainly, certainly don't want that to be our kryptonite. But, you know, um, heck, you, you play the ones that are on the schedule. And, you know, uh, we've beaten two uh, first-place teams in Pike Road and Gadsden City. Both of those are have had great years and have won their 6A region. So, you know, uh, I know for a fact those are two really, really good football teams that have won their region. And um, man, uh, it's, it's been a it's been a magical, magical year, and so many new faces that have stepped in. And got to give my staff just a ton of credit with that. Is just you know, we got a big motto: coach next year, team today. You can't wait till next year. And I think we had some guys that were uh, had bided their time and were ready to go when those holes opened up. Yeah, it's been so dominant. Obviously, I, I rattled off the scores there, and and but to just give up seventy two points in ten games in this era of offense, uh, you don't see that very often. So, I mean, you look at the points that you scored, and you scored a lot of points. You know, averaging over forty a game, but to only give up seven, you know, uh, points a game or so, uh, how remarkable is that in this day and age where you play so many teams that have offensive skill players and and the rules are kind of you know tilted toward the offense a little bit to have a defense that's given up seven a game that's that's pretty remarkable isn't that crazy you know it is, um, yeah. uh, and, and and truth be told you know uh when you look at those 72 there's probably at least half of those that have been scored you know after our starters that's right. left the game mm-hmm. and you know in the second half of uh, just some games that we've been so far ahead of so you know, our, our starters have been uh, almost unblemished. And, you know, it's, it's hard to even wrap your head around that. You don't know. Uh, you know, we are dominant, dominant up front. You know, we've got uh, seven defensive linemen, and we only play three at a time for the majority. So, you know, we're able to rotate guys there by far the deepest position on our football team. And to me, that's where our defense has started is, is uh, people that just, then uh, you just simply cannot run the football on those guys. And, you know, uh, it's forced people into, I think we faced 85 passes in the last two games of the year. So people have just completely, uh, quit trying. And, you know, uh, now we're in the having to defend the screen game and the quick game, just them teams just trying to get the ball out and, and trying to create some version of some short run type plays. But, uh, Coach Patterson has done a fantastic job with our defensive guys. The entire defensive staff has been, they've been lights out. Head coach Jamie Mitchell, Hillcrest Patriots with us, uh, talking about a dominant regular season, but now you turn the page, coach, and I was talking about Alabama earlier, uh, you know, some of the championship teams, but some of the teams that they've had that didn't win it, you know, 14 and 0 one year, 12 and 0 one year, 11 and 0 a couple of times, and, you know, and, and, and didn't win anything. Now you're facing the challenge after going 10 and 0 last year, doing it again, and understanding that all these great accomplishments don't mean anything right now. It's all about the next one, and that's St. Paul's, a team that, you know, you're not traditionally expecting to see St. Paul's having to travel as a four seed. This is a team with a lot of tradition, a lot of history, and a great uh, football program coming here tomorrow night, or coming here on uh, Friday night. They really are, you know, uh, they are they are a really talented football team, and, you know, there's not many five-star guys in the country, and they've got one. It's just a sophomore is actually number one rated linebacker in the entire country in his class. And, um, you know, they are a defensive-driven football team, and their head coach is a defensive guy. He still calls the defense. And, you know, uh, they have just been built all year long on 
playing great defense, playing off of that. The kicking game is outstanding. And they just try to stay out of their way on offense and, uh, you know, stay in games. And, you know, they have been – they've only lost three games. They lost to, to Sarahland, who obviously is the, the front runner right now, and then lost to Spanish Fort, which is another power uh, in Mobile. And then last Friday night lost one that they should not have lost to Theodore, who ended up finishing third. Um, but I think Sarah, uh, Spanish Fort, Theodore, and, and St. Paul are all – they could have, that could have shaken out in any order, two, three, and four. So we've got our hands full. Certainly not the first round game that uh, you typically have. Have, but uh, man, it's Christmas time right now. Heck, uh, this is the best time of the year, and you know, uh, for seniors, it gets very dicey. Uh, they know that every day they go to practice could be the last Monday or the last Tuesday that they have, and you know, um, I think fear is a great motivator. And you know, when you when you worry about not having next week. Uh, is bring out the best in these guys. Yeah, and I know that's what you're what you're hoping for. Uh, when you look at six A, of course, all you're focused on right now is Friday night against St. Paul's. But uh, we know Clay Chalkville beat beat Thompson. Uh, we know what Sarah Land is. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I I think you can make the argument uh, that six A is just as as challenging, if not more so, than than seven A in this state when you look at some of the teams that are out there lurking uh if you continue to take this trek toward trying to get to the uh, state championship game i don't think there's much argument there you know i think 7a is super super top heavy and very loaded at the top but you know 6a legitimately um i mean i think everybody would have to agree that Sarah Land is is the team that everybody is trying to catch um but after them I think there's probably a group of six or eight teams that uh, literally any of those uh, on any given Friday night uh, are outstanding football teams. And, you know, um, what you got to do is just find your way through this one week at a time. And, um, you know, everybody that <laughs> just wants to talk about Sarah Land, you know, and we just uh, we're not going to fall into that mess. You know, we. Uh, uh, we got our hands full Friday night. If we're fortunate enough to win that one, then we'll move to the next one. And, you know, um, if that game happens, it would be a massive game. But, you know, like I say, uh, we're going to worry about this Friday mm-hmm. see where the cards fall. When you look at preparation, um, and you've been through this a lot of times with a lot of different teams, but when you get to the playoffs, do you do you prepare your team differently for a game than you do during the regular season? Because uh, – you know, up until the last one, the regular season, you know, you're always going to have another game next week. That that's not guaranteed. Is the approach any different for the postseason than it is for the regular season? Well, I've just learned over the years. You know, uh, fortunately, the last two years we've had an, an open date at the end, so we played ten straight, had an open date, and you know what we do during that week is the most intensive self scout that we can do, and we really try to dive into the 10 games we've played, and offensively find the absolute best things that have happened to us this year. And, you know, uh, really look at trying to eliminate things that you dibble in a little bit that are pretty good and try to really lock down on those things that you do that have been just overpowering for you. And we feel like we did a really good job of that last week and kind of we know what our personality is, but we want to know exactly what our best stuff is. And then Defensively, you know, I think you do the exact same thing and you, you don't look for your successes, you look for your failures and, 
you know, what, what people have done to hurt us, what people have done to move the football and really, really attack those areas. And, you know, we've been, uh, we were very, very good last week during our open date. And, uh, there's never an off week, just it didn't play. But, uh, you know, I feel like we, we really, really were able to tighten our, our grip on exactly who we are, uh, who we're going to be going forward, eliminate some of the fluff and, and really get down to, this this time of the year, you only want to be your absolute best, whatever has been your absolute best. And then, you know, you go through your kicking game, the entire kicking game, and you make sure that you've got every one of your absolute best players in every one of those 11 slots on every special team unit. So uh, that's kind of where our focus has been. And, you know, we had a great week last week to be able to do some of those things. And, you know, hopefully that's going to pay dividends for us moving forward. Jamie Mitchell with us, uh, talking high school football here. State playoffs are, are here. You know, I've heard some talk this year uh, about your region. And like you said, you can only play who you play. Um, and this has been a traditionally very tough region for Hillcrest and everybody else. But the way you mowed through these teams have led to some discussion about, well, the region was down. We don't really know about Hillcrest. Uh, but I would argue that, that Hueytown, Bessemer City, McAdory, you know, some of these teams you played, Central are good football teams. It just so happened that you've been that dominant. What what did you think of, of the region? Is there any legitimacy to that uh, to that argument that, that, that your region was down this year? I mean, I, I think that's a fair question to ask, very much so. You know, uh, what I can tell you is uh, two years ago we were in the semifinals. That same year, Hueytown was in the state championship. Uh, last year, uh, both us and Hueytown were in the second and third round of the playoffs. So, I mean, I think if you look at our region over the last three years, we have consistently been a right either in the state championship uh, game or right at it. And, you know, I think uh, I think most coaches in our region would agree that even the worst teams in our region have gotten better. And uh, I'm not I'm not going to say that we're, we're our region is nowhere close to the Mobile region. But uh, I do think that the teams that have been in the bottom end of our region have actually gotten better. You mentioned Central and Bessemer City. Uh, I can assure you those are better football teams this year than they were a year ago. So um, I think if you look from the bottom up or the top down, uh, you know, you've got, a, you've got a pretty solid region, certainly not one that is a power right now, but uh, has been very top-heavy for the last couple of years. But I think, uh, you know, this year especially uh, has just kind of – everybody's just kind of gotten a little bit better. And, um, you know, uh, like you say, they're – who the state says we play, we play them. And, you know, all we can do is, uh, I guess, the three or four non-region games, we, 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 we did the best scheduling we could. You know, we went to Mississippi and mm-hmm. played what has parentally been a, a super strong program in South Haven. And I think they were 10-1 and or 11-1 last year. And um, – I had no idea they were going to have the fall off they've had this year, but schedule that game and thinking that that was going to be a really good one. And then Pike Road and Gadsden, uh, you know, out of out of region, and, and those two games have certainly paid off for us, two outstanding teams. So, you know, um, it is what it is. You play the ones you, you play, and uh, we, uh, we're certainly proud of the accomplishments that we've had this year and hope that uh, that will show in the playoffs. And we know there's a 7A team you would like to play, but it takes 
takes takes two, and that's just the way it is. But uh, when you look <laughs> at uh, uh, when you look at your club, obviously high school football is about talent and development. You, you you try to take the talent that you have and develop it to play at a high level. Um, but if you're not talented, you can try to develop all you want. Clearly, you've got some really good football players on both sides of the ball. Who are some guys that you're that you're looking at to uh, to lead you in this uh, state playoff game on Friday night against St. Paul's? Well, you mentioned earlier, Gary, Ethan Crawford, you know, a man just tickled to death. He's finally gotten into some games the last two weeks at Southern Miss and scored some touchdowns and has, you know, has waited his time and mm-hmm. he's got his opportunity and so tickle for Ethan and his career is going to blossom for sure. But the guy that stood in his shadows for a couple of years that we really believed, but you just didn't know, uh, that we, that we just, we put our whole stock in Bryce and Kimbrough, our quarterback. And, you know, um, I guess in a good way, he, uh, he got, uh, he, he, he came in after the opening drive of the McAdoo game, uh, finished that game, pretty much played the entire game, played the entire game against Calera, and then played the entire game against Sarah Land. So, uh, in all three of those games, uh, offensively, he was really, really good. So our sample size made us think that, you know, hey, we got another one that's going to be really good. And Bryson's been every bit of that. You know, he's been outstanding force at quarterback and, you know, uh, as I mentioned, our defensive front, uh, we've got, uh, seven of those guys, you know, uh, uh, they're, they're just, it's hard to pick one because they've all just been so good. Uh, AJ Coyles is one of our inside backers. Uh, he got an offer from Harding University, outstanding program over in Arkansas has just been lights out for us. And Jamarcus Prince has been a monster force at wide receiver and then Caden Smith just over the last half of the season has emerged. And, will be one of the top recruited players in the state of Alabama. He's just a sophomore that um, he's going to really blow up. He's already blown up uh, the end of the second half of this year. So, you know, those are just a few guys that, uh, you know, have really, really helped our football team uh, get to the point that we are. Well, Coach, I uh, man, I appreciate the time. It's been a great conversation. What a year you've had, and I know uh, I'd probably be remiss uh, if I close this out without asking you about your support, the fans there. Um, everything's kind of come together <laughs> since you got there to have have a couple special teams, and I know Friday night uh, that place is going to be rocking, and uh, it's been an incredible atmosphere down at Hillcrest this year for you. Well, it will be, and you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, I'll tell anybody anywhere I've been some great, great places, and this is one of the absolute best. And the thing is so neat about this place, it's a big 6A school, but it has such a small-town feel to it, man. Our student bodies, our student body just thrives on football here. Our parent group, I could not ask for a better parent group. And our community, man, they love coming and watching these guys play, and you know, that adds so much to it, and we're very blessed to be where we are and, and the support that we have. Well, good luck on Friday night, Coach. Thanks for the time, man. You bet. Thanks for having us. All right, Hillcrest Head Coach Jamie Mitchell with us. It's 1049 here on the Gary Harris Show. High school football playoff action tomorrow night and on Friday night here in the state of Alabama. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with our final segment of this Wednesday edition of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC, your home for Alabama sports. 
Weekday mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join us tomorrow as we keep the conversation rolling. We'll look deeper inside what Bama needs to do if they're going to take down the Kentucky Wildcats. We'll also have recruiting talk with Max Recruiting, and we will open up the phone lines for you to bring up what's on your mind. We'll have those conversations and more right here on the Martin Houston Show, powered by Max Sports. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Las Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen televisions so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Las Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, Remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Another warm and dry day today, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 82. Tonight, fair with a low at 59. Tomorrow, clouds gradually increasing the chance of a few showers by tomorrow night. The high tomorrow at 79. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Need to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive content on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 1053 right here on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, I'm just one show in a great local lineup of shows. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think we're blessed here in Tuscaloosa to have a dedicated sports talk station, uh, both on the AM and FM dial with Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. You don't get that everywhere. And even a lot of the sports talk stations that you get in big markets are supplemented with, they'll have a local show in the morning, maybe a local show in the afternoon, but all along the way, you're getting, you're getting national. You're getting syndicated shows uh to have a lineup of local talent the way that this station does is i think it's pretty much unprecedented uh and certainly in the state of alabama um there are other stations that have shows local shows but again they're they'll have a local show a couple syndicated shows a national show maybe a local show an afternoon drive but here you know we're we're 6 a.m to 6 p with Martin Houston show, Wimp and Barry inside the locker room, the Gary Harris show, Miller's Edge, Big Noon Sports, the game with Ryan Fowler, and then at night you get the Stingray show, uh, of course, high school football show, scoreboard shows on Friday nights, pregame shows and postgame shows with Alabama football on Saturday. It really is something special, and I know it's catching on with people all around the country. I mean, the app, the Tide 109 app is getting downloaded a lot and I would encourage you to uh, to download that app to take us anywhere you want to go. And also, it's a great way to get qualified on Friday, Justin, because we'll have the uh, Bama Football Trivia Contest coming up again on Friday, presented by T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. We're going to give away. I haven't uh, got it in my possession yet, but Tom sent me a picture this morning. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Yeah, it's going to be the Trent Richardson print when he was uh, – 
just running through the Auburn Tigers uh, back in 2011 in that 42-14 to win over Auburn uh, that we talked about earlier down at Jordan-Hare Stadium, Alabama, of course, that year uh, went on to win the national championship. But that's what we'll give away on Friday. And we do it on the phones uh, with our trivia contest, but sometimes you can't get through. But if you have the app, you can send a message in with the on the app and with your answer, and it gets qualified that way. So, uh, again, we look forward to that on Friday as we uh, give away another great gift, man, from T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Tomorrow morning on the program, we got the coach, Ellis Johnson, breaking down SEC football. D. Orlando Ledbetter with the Falcons report. We've got... Um, Jeff Spiegel, all that and more coming up on Thursday. And then on Friday, of course, we're always going to have fun on the TGIF edition and giving away another big prize from T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, University Mall. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Miller's Edge is coming up at 11 a.m. Catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. And as I said, back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition. For Justin and Noah, I'm Gary. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, stay tuned. The Miller's Edge is coming up next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.